Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Welcome back, Royce Lewis. Oh, how you've been missed. He immediately put some juice into the Twins lineup yesterday. He did, and I, I've been saying this for a while. I just don't know that the Twins had his combination of uh, talent, upside, and charisma since Kirby Puckett. Mm. Now, they've had really good players. Story Hunter was kind of a mini Kirby in a lot of ways. You know, Gold Glove center fielder who could hit. Um, you know, Mauro was obviously a great player. Morneau was a great player and a great leader, but he was more quiet. Uh, they just don't, you know, guys like this just don't come along very often. Uh, tons of talent. Tons of power, tons of speed and athletic ability, powerful throwing arm. He's basically a five-tool player, but who also it just feels so comfortable in the spotlight, feels so comfortable having expectations placed upon him. And that is such a, a difference maker between great players and really good players. Is they actually he wants this? And you know, I, I was telling people over the weekend, Royce is going to do something in his first big in his first game in the big leagues because that's who he is. And you yeah. you can't make that prediction in baseball. Mike Trout goes over five all the time. Everybody goes over five in baseball. But with Royce Lewis, you could almost predict he was going to do something big because that's what kind of guy he is. Didn't he kind of say that himself even before the game? He said, I feel like something yep. special is going to happen today. He did. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I wrote about him off the Sunday game at the Target Center, and I, people told me he was going to – and I kind of got an early tip that he was going to be activated, so I started writing a Royce Lewis column, and, you know, and – and again, as a baseball writer, as a longtime baseball writer, you always have a bit of hesitation for predicting that anything is going to happen any given day, any given week, because everybody slumps in baseball. It's the nature of the sport. And yet, with this guy, uh, yeah, not only did I expect it of him, he expected, and he actually said it out loud. And that's another thing baseball players don't do. They don't put expectations on themselves for any individual game because it's, it's too random a game. And then first at bat, he almost hits a home run. Second yeah. at bat, he's a three-run homer. Later in the game, when they absolutely need an RBI, he has a beautiful at bat. Uh, he uses the whole field. He has power to all fields. He can he can shorten up his swing uh, like he did in the at bat where he got the RBI single. Um, he and, and the great thing about him again, there's no fear. There's no hesitation at all. Is he the shortstop of the future once Carlos Correa is, is decided and the Twins along with him? It, it feels like at some point, I don't know, hopefully not soon, that Correa could seamlessly make that move over to third base. I mean, they could do that, yes. Uh, they did not sign Carlos Correa to this kind of contract to hurry his right. uh, departure from shortstop. Right. But in the future, you're going to have Brooks Lee coming up. He's their top prospect. You have Royce Lewis and Correa on the left side of the infield now. Uh, you know, at some point, you got to figure out which what's the best alignment, and maybe it's Brooks Lee, maybe it's Royce Lewis at second, Brooks Lee at third, and then when Correa is ready to move off short, it's Brooks Lee to short and Correa to third. But I really think you know, and then you have Julian, who is the future, second baseman of the future. Uh, they have a lot of options, and yeah. but here's the thing, you. There's nothing better for a franchise to have multiple options at positions where uh, that that create versatility. Correa can play third. Royce Lewis can play anywhere in the infield or anywhere in the outfield. Brooks Lee can play the left side of the infield. Probably can play second base. Julian can play second base. Uh, if he hits enough, maybe he can even play first base. Uh, it's a great thing to have all these people at those positions that can move almost anywhere. 
And, and uh, for leadership abilities, you know, you've referenced how charismatic uh, Royce Lewis is, and that leads to leadership, of course. And, and leaders, they need to be performing on the field, too, don't they? I mean, it can't be yes. just another guy be the leader of the no. team. No, you don't need, you know, listen, you already have a manager, you already have eight coaches, uh, you already have other veterans on the team. To be a leader, you have to be producing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, and it would just ring really hollow if a guy's telling you how to play the game if he can't play the game well anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be in your prime, you have to be playing well, and you have to play the right way. And that's the great thing about Lewis. He plays hard, uh, he has charisma, he has leadership skills, uh, he's very popular with his teammates, and he's going to produce. Uh, Carlos Correa, not necessarily producing with a bat. I mean, we knew he wasn't, you know, going to hit 30 bombs with 120 RBIs. He's never done that. Um, he's, he's a terrific defender, but the bat is still a little lacking. Uh, but, but it doesn't feel like that's going to chip away at his leadership credibility. No, I think, uh, you know, he has enough credibility built up. Now, eventually he's going to have to hit for mm-hmm. the sake of the team, for the sake of his status everything else. I mean, you take that contract, you better produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I don't think it's hurting his leadership ability. Eventually, it's to produce. And, and what's interesting about thing about him, he got up to a horrible start. Mm-hmm. I felt three or four times this year, he's had a week where I said, okay, he's got it. He's drawing walks. He's hitting the ball the other way. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball at people. But these are all the ways you get. You know, the two best ways to get out of a slump are to hit the ball hard to the opposite field and up the middle mm-hmm. and take walks. And he's had weeks where he's done that, but he hasn't. But every time it looks like he's about to break through, he he regresses. Mm-hmm. And I think Monday he showed signs of, uh, no matter what he says, I thought he showed signs of feeling pressure because he's in Houston. Uh, he went because he was starting to get make the right moves by using the whole field and drawing walks. And yesterday it looks like he was trying to hit the ball 800 feet to left field. And when you do that, good pitchers are just going to eat up. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ryan Jeffers, you know, is a guy the Twins drafted fairly high uh, back in the day, and, and he's just battled some injuries. He looks healthy and productive. It makes me kind of wish that he had been given the top catcher job rather than going out and spending $30 million on Christian Vasquez. Right, and it's so funny because what so many of us, some more vociferously than others, we all want the, the Polacks to spend money. We all want them to go for it. Here they go out and get a championship-caliber catcher who's played on two World Series champions, and they spend the money, and we're all like, this is great. And he's in the clubhouse in, in Fort Myers acting like a leader of the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And, hey, this, and let's give him this much. The starting pitching has been excellent, and he yes. probably deserves some of the credit for that. But he has been a horrific hitter, and he's been – really shaky behind the plate in terms of blocking pitches and making plays. So it would be great for everybody if Jeffers would become at least 1B, if not 1A. Mm-hmm. And, you know, A, because you want more production out of your catcher. B, maybe that wakes Vasquez up. Yeah. That was a bullet Jeffers hit last night. Yes. Uh, I hope the people in left field had gloves on as that ball came screeching in there. Not many home runs endanger people's lives. That <laughs> one actually did. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what else who was in danger, uh, not necessarily for their life, is, you know, perhaps the Celtics coach. I mean, he, it kind of was thrust upon him late after they had that whole thing blow up with the with their previous head coach. But, um, you know, they didn't appear ready to go for Game 7 last night at home. That really surprised me that Miami took the lead early and really never relinquished it. Uh, and I know, you know, Tatum hurt his ankle and all that. But, you know, the Heat's playing as an eight seed, playing on the road without Tyler Hero. They didn't use Kevin Love. Jimmy Butler tweaked his ankle during the game. Uh, this was just 
this is what I love about the NBA. Uh, so many people don't like the NBA. Think it's all about leaping ability and, te- and raw talent. It's not. Mm. Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra outthought, outworked, uh, outstrategized, and sh- and Butler and his teammates showed more resolve and guts, and that's why they won that series. They were the mentally tougher team. They were the smarter team. They were the better coach team, and that made them the better team. And my college hoops friends that don't watch the NBA because they don't play any defense, they're not watching the playoffs. They're not watching. They're, not watch, they're also not watching most of the regular season. Right. Uh, and, and you know what? Here's the thing. Bad teams in the NBA, bad teams in every sport don't play good defense. That's why they're bad teams. Yep. The good teams play defense. Now, listen, in the regular season, they might rest a starter here. They might have a low-energy game here because of their schedule. It does happen. That's not because – they don't want to play good defense because the schedule takes it out of them. Yeah. Uh, when games matter and when you're talking about good teams winning in the playoffs, defense is a massive part of it. We just have like a minute left here, so I, I might ask you more about this tomorrow. But your column uh, this morning on the Lynx and, and them getting off to a, an 0-4 start, give us your read on that. Well, they've needed to rebuild for a while now. And they couldn't because they had a surprisingly good season in the bubble and made it to the league semifinals. And then they didn't want to last year. And then the following year, they had home court against Chicago, and Chicago beat them when they win the title. That was a pretty good game, too. Last year, they couldn't tank because they'd still have fouls on the rosters. They, they thought that would be disrespectful to her to tank in her last season. They wanted to celebrate her. This is their first real chance to tank. And was, however they phrase it, they're tanking. They're a yeah. bad team, and they're not going to win this year. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.